Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's Joy and Lyle here, and welcome to the Sustainable Jungle podcast, where we talk to inspiring people working to future-proof our planet. Today, we spoke with Anna Billiner. You can find out more about her and what she's doing on atnaturezda.org, casadecisterna.com, that's C-A-S-A-D-A-C-I-S-T-E-R-N-A.com, or have a look-see using handle cisterna.guesthouse on the Insta. Anna wears a few different hats. She's a biologist, she's the president of the ATN, the not-for-profit organization that owns and manages the Fire Brava Nature Reserve, and she runs the guesthouse Casa de Cisterna in Castelo Rodrigo, Portugal. We had an inspiring conversation with Anna on location. We covered a bunch of topics including how and why she started the Fire Brava Nature Reserve almost 20 years ago, what species they're helping to save from the brink, how Casa de Cisterna, along with a bunch of other ecotourism businesses in the Co Valley region, are conserving endangered species and promoting local economic development, and her tips and advice on founding a private nature reserve. Please enjoy this uplifting conversation with Anna Berliner. Anna, thank you so much for having Joy and I here in your beautiful Casa de Cisterna, your guest house, which is just beautiful in the town of Castelo Rodrigo, which you can see behind, you can us. See us, behind <laughs> us is, is just beautiful. Um, now, you, you not only own and run this beautiful establishment, but also uh, together with your husband, you were the visionaries behind the ATN, which is the not-for-profit organization that owns and manages the Fire Brava Nature Reserve. And the purpose for that, what we understand, is to conserve the wildlife in this area, but also help encourage the economic development of the rural community here. Now, that is a fascinating story, and Joy and I are excited to get into the details of that with you. But before we do, could we just go back to the beginning? Where were you born and where did you grow up? Well, um, I'm from Lisbon. I was born in Lisbon, I studied in Lisbon, but my family, my grandmother is from a small village uh, nearby, one, one hour driving from here. Oh, wow. And uh, my husband's too, also from Lisbon, the same thing. His family is from this uh, region. And uh, we are both biologists. He came to do his... Uh, thesis, like an internship to finish the degree, the, the biology here, and so did I. So we met here. Ah, oh, wow. you <laughs> met here. Oh, cool. And we both um, studied vultures. Okay. Wow. Yes. Oh, cool. And in an area where there was no um, protected areas, nature protected areas. Uh, so it was the beginning of Douro Internacional Natural Park. Uh, S- so same area? Uh, well, here, um, uh, near, nearby, uh, it's uh, eight, uh, 80,000 uh, 80, uh, hectares. It's a big, big, area, big area along the Douro River in the International uh, Valley and the Agda too. So uh, it's the cliffs. Mainly, that's where you find the vultures, the eagles, nesting in the cliffs. Wow. I see. And you, it sounds like you've always had an interest in nature and, and animals. 
Can you recall or remember specifically when the moment was in your life when you thought to yourself, okay, this is what I want to make my career out of? Uh, well, I always liked biology and the, um, the programs on TV, those. Yeah, okay. David Attenborough. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we love David Attenborough. What a hero. Yeah, <laughs> to the BBC Wildlife and National Geographic and so on. And before that, uh, there was a, a important program, but when we were kids in Portugal, it was uh, a Spanish uh, program about nature conservation in uh, Iberian Peninsula. Wow. So that uh, also helped a lot. I see. It had a very big impact in Spain. And I think we were affected that, but and then the other programs also helped. That's amazing. So. Uh, well, uh, that also, well, and I knew the, the, the region uh, and I wanted to work uh, uh, not in a city, but I want to develop uh, some work in an, another area and this, uh, well, I have chosen this one. That, that brings me to another question actually, because Joy and I were reading an article a New York Times article that I think was published in 2014 and it spoke about your husband who was pulling a bull, a bull. This, is, this is how the story went anyway, I don't know if you <laughs> could recall, but he was pulling a bull I think in this area and he had an epiphany or an, a moment where he thought to himself, I need to protect the animals here. He saw the vultures I think. I think he saw the vultures, yes. Is that the reason you chose this area here, uh, Castelo this, Rodrigo? Uh, uh, no, Castelo Rodrigo. Not we. Well, I, we have chosen Castelo Rodrigo to to live because we liked the, this village a lot. It's oh, a historical beautiful. village. It's very beautiful. It's an amazing uh, uh, village, and we wanted to live here. And so this this uh, this is the reason why we we came here. But the region we we came uh, to this village uh, 13 years ago 14 years ago but we came 20 years ago or more to this region yeah so uh, we didn't we never thought that would we would live here i wanted to i wanted to ask you about the the vultures though because that to me sounds I mean, we we grew up we both grew up in south africa okay and so we would see the vultures there in yes. the in the Kruger National yes. Park, and then when we were on our honeymoon last year, we saw lots and lots of other types of vultures. And I don't think I ever realized that they were migra migratory, and that you would have some well, here. the griffon vultures. They are um, I don't know the name, sedentary. No, what is the name? Oh, oh. they they stay here. They yeah they so, well, they, they don't are established population. Right, they, they don't have migrate. No oh, routes. they don't migrate. They don't uh, migrate. I don't know that. But the Egyptian vulture, yes, he, okay. he migrates. So he could have been the same one that we saw in the Serengeti. In the Serengeti. Um, <laughs> I I think they don't go so uh, well. They don't. They cross Sahara and they stay in Sahel. Ah, uh, okay. But I don't. I'm not. I don't think they go south. Go that it. far down. Right, not that far down. Interesting. Can mm. I ask you, why do you care so much about these endangered animals here in Fire Brava Nature Reserve? Why is it important to you? And, and also, why do you think we as a, as a human species or human animals, why should 
everybody care about nature and trying to protect these animals? Um, well, they, not all, but um, some or lots of them are endangered. So, um, well, it's our duty, isn't it? We, we should do something about them. They are also our heritage. So it's, uh, well, basically it's that it doesn't make sense to, to save the, the blue whale or the, the panda or uh, if you have something here that you can do something about it. And uh, it's, um, uh, it's also, it, it's, um, it's an area uh, that uh, was, well, he's being abandoned by agriculture. Uh, so now you have nature coming with a little help. You, we can do amazing things. Now that's it's it's incredible story. So for us, this is amazing. So can you tell us a little bit more about about the abandonment story? I mean, what has actually happened here? What's the history of this? Well, it's all over the the world. Uh, in Europe, it's very um, well. It's very evident. Uh, you have uh, rural uh, from. People from rural areas are abandoning the, these areas to go to the cities and cities are becoming big and big with lots of too, too many people. And, um, and then suddenly the areas that were managed by, by these people, people don't care anymore about them. So, um, so you have nature coming. And um, so what you had during the 20s, the, well, the 30s, 40s and the 50s is that you had an increasing population in rural areas and the natural resources were, uh, well, reducing. So now you have the opposite uh, direction. So you have, um, you have less people have more nature and sounds like a improve. good idea yes <laughs> less uh, people in more nature <laughs> seems like a good idea <laughs> well we need a little bit more people here <laughs> <laughs> right okay so i mean that's that's interesting Let, let's talk about the how fire brava came about i mean the idea was if i understand correctly that because there's this opportunity with rewilding when nature is coming back into the areas that people have abandoned yes. um, that's where the idea came about to start buying back land and create a nature reserve can you tell us a bit more about how that happened well during uh, that time we worked in the Dora International Natural Park uh, and we thought as uh, uh, well that we could uh, help more than doing just that we could help as uh, i don't know if i can say that as a citizens we yes. can say so we can also help other areas that they were not so um uh, well uh, there they had not many attention as the other areas we could do a little bit more so that's why not starting a project, a nature conservation project in Coa Valley? It's um, a Natura 2000 network. Wow. And uh, so we started to have a, well, we proposed a project uh, about um, 
uh, Egyptian vulture and Bonelli's eagle in that area and wow. buying, start buying some land. And yeah. so you started with 20 hectares. Yes. And how, how many hectares do you have? Uh, more than 1,000. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. So over the course of 18 or so years, you've yes. gone from 20 hectares. Yes. Oh, sorry, 20 hectares. And built that up to over 1,000. That's now protected area yes. for wildlife. Yes. That's incredible. And yes. can I just... Well that done. That's not easy. <laughs> not easy. <laughs> <laughs> say. And this is all, I just want to reiterate, this is a privately held land so this is yes. not government not government right okay no. and i think joy had some questions along those lines yeah i mean you said this was not easy can you talk to us about what were the struggles in doing the, in getting this done over the last few years after well, the last many years yeah, uh, the, well the here of course the land the, the the land is not very expensive related with the more productive areas this is we started mainly with the cliffs the cliffs uh, it's rocks uh, nobody care about them and uh, so it's not uh, good for agriculture uh, so we so it's easier to to buy yes and uh, but also it's expensive <laughs> if you have many <laughs> when you want a thousand hectares <laughs> yeah that's, that's expensive so we had, uh, ATN had lots of help with uh, several organizations several foundations um, especially abroad. Uh, how, how did you pull that all together? How did you approach those organizations and get their attention and well, get them uh, to donate? Th well, I think we were also very lucky. We, we contacted excellent uh, organizations that helped a lot. So it was amazing. That's brilliant. And also, of course, I think we did also good, uh, uh, good work. So, uh, I think it was the combination. Yeah. Uh, conserving species is... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good it's pretty, work. pretty good work. <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember reading somewhere that it was difficult to convince um, some landowners to sell because of the heritage. We and don't the have that problem okay, here. We have the opposite. We have more people that want to sell than possibilities to buy oh okay so money Sneak is the problem <laughs> right okay <laughs> so the so the major and not only the money to buy the land but also money to manage the land right so it has to be gradual and what about um, resources to manage the land is there as you said before you need more people to be part of the 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 story and yes. to help develop the network around the land and to to manage the organization i imagine as well is that you mentioned that's a, you need more people around. Is that is that part of it as well to help manage the organization? Uh, well, uh, uh, yes, but so far with the team that we have, it's uh, it's it's okay. Well, of course, it will be <laughs> it would be great to have more people in the organization, but it's also more expensive to to to. Well, to, to handle, to... Yeah. To, to employ more people, yes. I guess you yeah. need to... Yes. For sure. It sounds like it's been very efficient to date, and which is great because it means that you can continue the good, the good work as efficiently as possible, which is awesome. I want to understand a little bit more about the economic development in the area. So creating something like Fire Brava is fantastic because you bring uh, an opportunity for... Uh, business into the mix and people can now st start their own businesses so for example tomorrow we're going to meet Fernando who runs a vulture business where you can go and see vultures yeah. and others around the area 
from your perspective, how much opportunity is there around um, a nature reserve like Firebrava and the region more generally for, for these sorts of businesses? Um, I think uh, Firebrava has um, created uh, um, some resources that allow people to benefit from this and uh, to, um, to create their own business. Well, uh, help to, to develop their own business, not create because they had uh, there are other people that had already their business, but it's another um, another kind of uh, place because you can invest in a place, uh, and if it's not uh, in the in the reserve, uh, you could not uh, improve it. Um, can I say so? The the purpose of uh, Faya Brava is nature conservation. Firstly, first and yes, foremost. Yes, that is the, the, the most important thing that Firebrava uh, is doing, is being done, done in Firebrava. So you can benefit from that. Um, having some small companies uh, doing their uh, own business, uh, promoting the visits, promoting ecotourism, promoting the the um, wild staying so the the uh, um, some camps and that uh, so both we benefit uh, from from each other it becomes Definitely. about the whole experience the yes the conservation of animals yes. that you are managing has created a lot of opportunity for local yes. communities yes. to manage their own work and grow yes. their own little companies yes. so ecotourism is incredibly important it's yes. like an ecosystem it's a human ecosystem yes. around the ecosystem yes, yes. it's nice so <laughs> Faya Brava has trails so has a grand route crossing it it has several small trails has some some infrastructures for um, camps uh, but uh, uh, working camps uh, where the the voluntary the volunteers uh, stay to 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 help uh, Faya Brava but also schools that go there to 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 visit to know to to do some work or to be involved in, in some projects and replanting the, the, the some areas that were uh, that had to be improved and the management of um, uh, horses to reduce the risk we and did, um, the debushing uh, so that helps reducing the risk of fires. Ah. We have a big problem ah. with fires, ah. especially because we have uh, recently have very very dry summers. So, if we do these actions all together, uh, we have more nature, so more wood areas, more facilities, wild facilities, and the other companies can benefit from a long history of, um, of facilities. They are small, but they are uh, growing. Growing. Wow. That's uh, the the advantage of uh, of Faya Brava for these companies and for the development of small um, 
business. That's cool. So <laughs> from, very a, cool. from an ecotourism perspective, have you seen that grow over the last 18 years? Have you seen more and more people come to visit the reserve? Yes. So yes. it's growing nicely? It's very good. Also, there are some tour operators that come to the area. They are hiking, they are... Uh, and that's that's very good. That's awesome. That people talk about Faya uh, Brava. <laughs> and for the people that do come to visit, what are the species that they can find here? So obviously different types of vultures. What else? Yes. What else vultures, can they see? Uh, they can see golden eagles, Bonelli's eagles, um, black stork, um, and uh, there are some. Well, these uh, the, the the main ones in the cliff areas. You have other in the woods areas. You have uh, small birds, uh, and you have uh, kites. Uh, you have. Uh, we we actually saw quite a few quite kites a few on the drive on, here. On the yeah. I think they look out for the roadkill, don't they? Do they? Also, yeah. <laughs> also. <laughs> they, they're very beautiful. So it's it's a bird watcher's paradise. Yes, I think so. I think so, um, and also some mammals like. Um, uh, roe deer, um, uh, wild, uh, wild cat, uh, no, wild cat, but oh, the, the, um, the, the genet? No, 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 not the genet. Gen also the badger and, oh, the badger. The badger, yes. and, uh, mongoose and, uh, so there are some, uh, animals in the, the area, but they are not so easy to see. Yes. You see them in the photo trapping. Mm. Like with most wild animals, they're yes. hard to find. <laughs> well, but you know they are around. <laughs> yes, that's what matters. Yes. And have the species populations been increasing? Have you seen with yes. vultures? I, I know that they're in, endangered and that it's been, I read on the website that it's, it's very difficult for them because in the past they would have relied on agriculture. And then because of the, the changes in the, in the laws in the EU, because of mad cow disease, they were no longer yes. allowed to leave the cows outside yes. and that became a problem for vultures. But is that problem being solved now? Mm. Um, yes, I think so. And I think the feeding places also helped uh, that. Yeah. To solve that that problem, there are several feeding places in the in the in Faya Brava. So that helps. That helped. Can I ask what what sort of what was the population and what what is it now? The population, the population, population of the vultures, the uh, griffin vultures. Uh, I think it started uh, in, well, as far as I remember, in 96, 97, there were 11, 15 uh, pairs, and then now they are more than 50. Wow, that's so great. Um, but those are not the most endangered ones. The um, Egyptian vulture are, uh, they still have uh, problems in the area. Really? Well, generally, but uh, here. I watched the, the video, the ATN's video on YouTube with the uh, the Egyptian vultures trying to eat and then the griffin vultures arrive and that's push them out of the way. <laughs> Size matters, doesn't that's, it, in nature? It's that's normal. Yeah. yeah. That's normal. It's hard for them yeah, to survive. They're, they're bullies. The griffin vultures are bullies. The griffin are bullies. vultures are bullies. <laughs> yes. So that's uh, why there you must develop some techniques so, to, so 
you put more food food more attractive to Egyptian vultures and not for griffin vultures. What oh, type I of see. food do small food in for Egyptian? W- yes, in uh, bush areas, so they oh they can get they, yeah. Yeah. they get a little bit of a chance yes. to eat. Okay. For the listeners that haven't seen an Egyptian vulture. They should definitely Google it. They are beautiful. They're white and yellow. Yes. Very beautiful vultures, yes. which is yeah, people don't normally think that vultures are beautiful, but those are beautiful. Yes, because <laughs> they, they actually don't they don't look, look like, like your the typical, typical vulture. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. They look more like an eagle or something, yeah. or, or a kite or a big kite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's really true. Really true. beautiful. I have one final question um, on this topic, uh, and that's around inspiration. Lyle and I both think that your story is incredible, that you had the vision to come here and say, we're going to take back land and we're going to give it to nature. What would you say to anybody else around the world who might be inspired by the story and want to do a similar thing? What advice would you give them? Well, start as fast as you can, but uh, think about it. Uh, So (laughs) avoid risks. Yes. (laughs) Avoid risks. Avoid so risks. Think, or, or reduce the risks. Reduce the risks. Think carefully to reduce risks, but do it as fast <laughs> yeah. as possible. Get going. <laughs> Don't waste any time. It's particularly in this day and age, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I want to switch gears quickly, Anna, and just talk about um, the activities you can do in the area. And as you know, Joy and I, as we mentioned earlier, actually, we're going to see Fernando tomorrow, who uh, runs Wildlife Portugal. Uh, we're going to visit Malfalda, I think, the next day um, to have a look at the her camps. I wonder if you could just expand on that and tell us more about those activities and some of the other activities here. in And businesses in the area. And businesses yeah. in Fire Brava. Yeah, so, sorry. Uh, so uh, Fernando is uh, he is a nature lover. He knows a lot about nature. He's an excellent guide. Besides that, he's an excellent photographer. So he could combine both situations, and he does uh, he does uh, bird watching uh, tours and nature tours, hiking tours with, in nature and also uh, photography. So it's an excellent combination. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so does he, he teaches people how to do the photography of the also, animals. Oh, also. cool. That's but awesome. normally uh, experienced people go with him to take some photos in photo for take some photos in, in areas that they don't know or to help them wow. with the hides and because he would know all the ins yes, and the outs and the yes, secrets. Yes. Okay, and so you spend a lot of your time running Casa de Sosterna and I suppose a lot of time uh, being the president of ATN, but what sort of activities and what things can you do here at Casa de Sosterna? Uh, So we are in an historical village, so we offer heritage, we offer culture, uh, we offer combined with uh, nature, with hiking, with uh, visiting uh, wild areas and also with uh, archaeological heritage in Coa Valley. The, um, you, there are well, I can't say, rocks, well the, the, the valley is engraved uh, uh, with, well, with Paleolithic engravings. Paleolithic? Yes, and from and between 15 and 30,000 years ago. That wow. is just and incredible. And uh, you can visit. 
and I can also guide the visits there. We also take our clients there. And you have more than 20 kilometers with engravings. 20 and kilometers. What's, what sort of engravings are you talking about? Pictures of animals? Or? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, are those animals... No. Which, no, and they've changed now. over time. <laughs> well, uh, maybe uh, I hope someday some of them can return. Okay. So, uh, about Faya Brava and the connection from, uh, um, from Faya Brava to, to, uh, to archaeological uh, areas, or these uh, politic archaeological areas, you have the, also the horses, but uh, an old breed of horses. It's in the valley, it's in Faya Brava, and also you don't have uh, aurochs anymore. But you have the wild dog, so the an old breed of uh, uh, cows, uh, wow. and maybe uh, someday, well, one day, the ibexes, who knows, might come back. They might yeah. come back. So who I, knows? I, I read that the so the, the it's been very important for the horses, like you like you mentioned before, for the whole ecology, the whole ecosystem to work. Yes. To have the horses and the and the very old cow. Yes, breeds yes. to be in the area because it helps with that natural process. Yes. So that's that sounds amazing that they yes. are that they are there now and that hopefully over time we'll start getting seeing some more. So it was a project uh, of uh, ATN. It was a to, project to reintroduce yes. them. Ah, cool. That's awesome. And so it's brilliant. I, I want to chat a little bit more about Castello Rodrigo, which is where we are right now and where we're doing this interview and we're doing it at Casa de Cisterna. And it is literally the most amazing place I've ever been in my life. It's right <laughs> on the top of a hill. And what are, I mean, are these archaeological ruins? What, what are we looking at? What, why is so everything is so medieval, cool? So uh, medieval area, yes. Okay. And this is... Uh, so we are uh, between two uh, borders. So the old border with uh, the kingdom of uh, Leon. Was that one Coa Valley? Okay. And then uh, with uh, well, with an agreement between both kingdoms, it passes to the other area. So the Portugal uh, came this in this direction, this stripe, this Ribacoa. It's uh, so these both areas have lots of castles. And also in that direction, and also in that direction. There are castles everywhere. Yes. It's such a very... We, 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 we drove through Almeida to get Almeida, here. Yes. Which was Amazing. Yes. It's a fort with a star shape. Yes. yes. Really incredible area to explore for anybody wanting to come. Um, and, and so y you mentioned earlier that you, yourself and your husband chose this spot because you really like this town yes. and it's beautiful. Yes. And your guest house is here in this town. Can you tell us a bit more about the guest house itself? How many rooms does it have? We have uh, 12 rooms. And it, there's a beautiful swimming pool that we're sitting uh, next to. Yes. So it'd be beautiful Might, in summer. Uh, maybe a bit too cold tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe a bit chilly. <laughs> if you want to try. <laughs> <laughs> maybe after a few red wines. <laughs> But I can, I can definitely say that it is an absolutely beautiful guest house and I would encourage anyone thinking Thank of you. coming through Portugal to, to come and check it out. Um, I want to chat a little bit more about what's next. So what's coming up for the ATN and Fire Brava? Is it all about just getting additional land and continuing the work? Um, or is it, are there special projects around reintroducing new species? What's coming up? So there, there are several 
projects that are that have been prepared and they they are being waiting for approval so that's two big projects life projects and so the the results of that uh, approval or not might um, uh, change the the way Feyerbrave and Etienne goes okay. on for several years. Can you talk about that, or is it confidential, Anna? Um, well, there it's uh, it's a project with uh, other uh, partnerships, and uh, it's a big project about uh, nature conservation. So. Let's see. Uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. And so the in terms of uh, reintroducing species, there's the ibex that you're hoping to see come back. I hope so. What about the, the lynx? I think that it's so uh, exciting that the lynx might come back. There was a lynx uh, in the area. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go to Fayabrava. Oh. But uh, they were... Um, but he was around. Just one. He, well, that was. Uh, it's got the camera uh, chaps. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, it was uh, a satellite trapping, I think. Okay, so they probably here. We just haven't seen them yet. But Maybe. they don't established here. That's the um, problem. Okay. That's no, we the need problem. them to. And it's it's often about making corridors, isn't it? Or it, it helps too, yeah. but also of having food. Uh, okay. There, there is a big problem about the rabbits. So mm. there's not enough rabbits to yes. provide natural. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's a big problem. How do we get more rabbits? The problem is the diseases. Ah, the okay. diseases of the rabbits. Those are terrible. Because they generally breed quite easily. Yes, but the problem is when you have a big disease, uh, it's an um, epidemic. Uh, and that's happened recently. That? Yeah. And uh, you have uh, several species that depend on rabbits, mm. uh, and lynx is one of them. Just shows you one species that is removed can have a ripple effect on a bunch of different species, can't it? Ecosystems yes. are so important, aren't they? Yes. The and rabbit is—it's because you have, uh, I think, four species that depend mainly on. On rabbits, it's uh, well the lynx, uh, the Bonelli's eagle also depends a lot, and uh, imperial eagle, the 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 um, Iberian imperial eagle, and what else? Well, at least these three for sure. Right. So they were they are affected by by the reduction of number of rabbits. When did this disease happen? Um, I don't know. Was in the 70s, 80s, oh, probably. Oh, so it's been happening for a long yes, time. Yes, yes. Oh, goodness. So how, how long, is, is there any resolution potentially for it? or The problem is uh, that they must be naturally resistant to the disease and to the viruses. Mm. And that's a problem. Tricky. And how does a disease like that suddenly come to an area like this? It's all over um, uh, Iberian Peninsula. I see, okay. Um, and that would have been introduced okay. from yes. uh, okay, another area. Yes. Mm. Uh, that's it's horrible. Sad. That's hard. Yes. I mean, what do you do then? That's the study, study and try to find out. But the best way would be that the, um, the population could be resistant to that. To that. 
we need more conservationists we need more <laughs> biologists we need more people two, coming two. and trying to figure this one out yes yes there we go so we can bring back the links yeah let's get back the, back the links um Okay, and to close off, Anna, we'd love to understand or I'd love to share with our listeners how can they find you online? What's the best way to find um, Casa de Cisterna to Casa start de with? Casa de Cisterna, uh, com. Okay, nice. And um, is there any socials? So uh, yes, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, there you go, Facebook and Instagram. We'll, we'll pop those. We'll put those links, links onto yep. the notes. Okay. And then um, how about... Uh, Fire Brava, what's the best place for anybody to learn about Fire Brava? Uh, the website that is being improved. Okay. Um, and uh, Facebook. Okay. And a blog. Cool. We'll put those links up as well. Okay. And also, for listeners, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos of Fire Brava so that you can do that as well. There's some really nice yes, videos YouTube up. YouTube too. Yeah, really we'll nice YouTube videos. Well. So we'll put video. Uh, we'll put links up to those videos as well. And then, like you mentioned before, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done in the area and ATN still needs a lot of support. So what is the best way for people out there, listeners, to support the ATN and the work that you're doing? Come and visit. Come visit. Become members. Why would you not want to visit? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this place. Become a member. Can you just explain that, Anna? Is that it's an association. Okay. So you can become a member. Ah. Of Fire Brava. Of Fire Brava, yes. And that's okay. via ATN. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. And then people okay. can contribute money towards yes. the... Yes, and donation. Okay. And uh, spreading the word. Fantastic. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Please, Great. everybody, get onto this. Go to the website. Come visit. Become members. Yes, come visit. visit. Do what you can. Yes. Bring back the links. <laughs> Power to the links. Uh, and I think I think that's pretty much all our questions. Is there any final messages you'd like to say to anybody out there or any inspiration or messages of hope? <laughs> well, there are lots of places, so there can be other Fire Bravas around or in other areas. And uh, having a partnership with Fire Brava would be also very good. Yeah, oh, that's exactly. exciting. So we hope that, that people out there take inspiration from your story, moving out of the cities. Come visit. Into these the beautiful areas where it's quiet. I mean, the, the sounds that we've had in the background here, because we're doing this interview outside, are beautiful. We've got the birds. We've got the, the, the people in this, yes. in this town who are making happy noises and chatting. And it's just such a nice vibe compared to okay. the city, isn't it? Okay, it is, <laughs> I'm sure. It's lovely. That's it. So, Anna, thank you so much. Thank you Once so again. much, Anna. Thank you for coming. This and is wonderful. For, thank you for inviting me. Thank no, you. And, thank you and for inviting us and having us. We just want to also say that this is entirely inspirational for us. I mean, we've found this really amazing and your whole story and everything to do with this area is thank incredible. So, so we hope to and continue to follow. And also the work you've done. Over, I mean, yeah. sorry, again, 18 years but has it, been well, incredible. Well, it's not the uh, work of one people. It's not uh, me. Just I you, helped. Yes. Okay. So but you, you were the visionary. <laughs> well, no, I was, uh, I helped uh, too. So this is a, a big group and very uh, excited and enthusiastic group of people and I am one of them. Well, congratulations I'm to that group. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations to that group. They've done a remarkable job yes. and we're so impressed and we hope to continue to follow all the wonderful things that you do in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks all the again. Best. Thanks Thank Anna. You. <laughs>
That's it for this week, podcast listeners. We love what Anna and her husband are doing and hope to visit the Fire Brava Nature Reserve again in the near future. If you're keen to learn more about Anna and the work she's doing with the ATN or her fabulous guest house, you can find the links in the show notes at sustainablejungle.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and have a friend or two that might enjoy these discussions, please go ahead and do us and them a favor by sharing the love. Thanks and see you next time.